0: the answer
1: yes indeed it is and a good morning to you thank you for being with us as we get started at now just six minutes while well, we're in early today that's good because i'll get late later i promise you six minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this tuesday the fifth morning of the fifth month of the year of our lord 2020 appreciate you being with us uh two uh, two, uh commemorations for this date number one it is cinco de mayo so uh, uh if you celebrate uh you don't this year Cinco de Mayo usually results in parties where people get together and they drink and they toast uh, some Mexican war victory or another. Uh, and you're not going to do that today because if you get together with anybody, you may be arrested in Ohio and around the country. But that's number one on May 5th. And the other one is a happy birthday to my father-in-law, Don Dombrowski, uh, 88 years young and still going strong. Happy birthday, Don. Okay, it is seven minutes now after the hour of nine o'clock, and I want you to listen to what's going on around the country as we fight and fight and fight to get our nation back this is an exchange inside the Michigan Capitol Building in the Michigan Capitol Building from this past weekend just found this uh, audio and video yesterday uh to say that they are getting a little bit fed up and a little bit tired of things uh that are being done to them by the legislators and the governor in Michigan is an uh, well particularly the governor is an understatement this is our I just wanted you to hear the force and the passion and the enthusiasm and the vigor with which protesters against the state lockdown, unconstitutional as of course it is, in Michigan... Um, at which, uh, you know, the, with which they, they demanded their rights back. Now, just to give you a little bit of a visual here on the radio, it's not easy to do. There is, it is the inside of the state capitol building. You can imagine that to be what you wish. There is a line of police officers standing between this crowd of protesters and, um, the capitol doors or the doors to the, to the, you know, part of the building where the, uh, governor and others are, of course, giving their press briefings and uh, talking about, of course, why they need to deprive you of constitutional rights because of fear. And that's at the end of the day when we boil all of this down to what it is. It's fear. This is fear being used as a weapon, a very, very powerful weapon, to scare people into compliance, to scare people into, quite frankly, servitude, to scare people into being something less than free, which is what um, is our birthright in this great nation. So they're inside, and there is a line of police officers, separating the protesters from getting into that part of the building okay i bring this up and and the reason i want to give you the a bit of a visual here is because of the way the left is painting this you see most of the protesters as you can imagine are conservative liberty loving patriots screaming, let us in, let us in, so we can tell the governor that we demand an opportunity to make a living, to open our businesses, to go back to work, to go to school, etc., etc., rather than caving into the ridiculous fear that they are selling and, in fact, forcing upon us. Uh, So these are conservative patriots, and the way many on the left online have portrayed this Because they're shouting at police officers who separate them from the Capitol, or from the uh, folks in the Capitol, Um, they're they're painting this as suddenly conservatives don't think blue lives matter. Because they're yelling at police officers. And of course, conservatives, generally speaking, and certainly this one, your humble host, uh, have been extraordinarily strong supporters of law, and law enforcement, and yes, law enforcement officers, police officers, and the unfair attacks that have maligned them in recent years due to some ridiculous narratives being spun and told by people in various parts of the country. It's been more important than ever for us to defend police officers. And so they're painting this as if these many of these protesters are armed. You can see their weapons. They're, they're open-carrying. And they're saying that these particular conservative patriotic protesters are are attacking police. But the visual that you need to see, and you can't because we're on the radio, and I, I have Facebooked this though, so if you follow me on Facebook, you can excuse me, you can see it there. These police officers are in no danger whatsoever. These police officers are not standing there in riot gear. These police officers are standing there in masks because they've been mandated by the state as state employees. That's it. Talking about the the fear masks. That's the only thing they're wearing. And they're standing there with their hands behind their back just because they know they're not being attacked. They know they're not in danger of being attacked. They know that the people who are there are respect the law, but are trying to get to the governor so that they can express that they want her to respect the law. And the Constitution. In other words, this isn't an Antifa rally. This isn't Antifa where bottles and rocks and uh, plastic bags of urine are being thrown at the police officers who are doing their, their best in riot gear. They have to be to preserve the peace. See, this is what peaceful protesting looks like. Are they loud? Are they boisterous? Do they want to be heard? Well you better believe they do. Are they pushing? Are they shoving? Are they creating some sort of a violent confrontation? Are they throwing things? Absolutely not. That's the difference. The but the reason there's two reasons I'm sharing this. One is to show you the difference between what really, really aggrieved people do when they are Patriotic and, and believers in the law and they want to be heard and they want to use their First Amendment rights of peaceable assembly and the right to demand uh, that the government address their grievances, etc. The the and the Antifa or the far left nut job crowds that try to create violence every time they get together to block traffic, to try to put and by the way, that's what another thing they're not doing here, they're not blocking traffic. But they block traffic, a assault and accost people like people carrying uh, cameras, in other words, uh, journalists like Andy No suffered up in Portland, and they do everything they can to assault and attack police officers who are there to try to keep everybody safe and and uh, you know safe period so there's a big difference so that's number one. I wanted to point out the difference between the way they protest on the conservative side, and the way they do it on the far-left radical side. And the second reason is I wanted you to hear, again, that passion and that vigor and that enthusiasm and that excitement and that anger, quite frankly. It's anger. I wanted you to hear it because I want it to spread. I want it to spread. I want to point out that the people are mad as hell and aren't going to take it anymore. Now, they're not going to violate the law. They're not going to harm anyone. They're not going to commit violent acts, because that's not what we do. But what we do do is that we rise up in defense of liberty and in defense of the Constitution, defense of our rights, the rights that were earned and defended by the blood of patriots for the last two and a half centuries. And we're not about to to see those things taken away by fear mongers hiding in in, in their little offices saying, no, you can't work. No, you can't go to school. No, you can't barbecue with your friends. No, you can't get together in a public park and play Frisbee because there might be a disease on the Frisbee going from hand to hand. And I'm not exaggerating that. They've said that about tennis. You can't play tennis with somebody because each of you are going to touch the ball when you pick it up. And one of you might be a carrier and you don't know it. And you might transmit it to the other guy and he might carry it back to his elderly grandma. So, no, stay home. No, we're not going to live our lives that way. And I just wanted you to hear again the volume and the passion and the, and the, the anger and the, the enthusiasm for constitutional rights practiced here in this particular instance by the people in Michigan. And I, I want it to grow, and I want it to spread, because it's only these kinds of things that are going to get the attention. Not just a few people carrying signs outside a Capitol, but these kinds of things getting press coverage that's going to get the attention of the Gretchen Whitmers of the world in Michigan, of the Mike DeWines of the world in Ohio, and beyond. We are done. We are tired of being lied to. We are tired of being told that uh, is if you breathe the outside air without a mask, you're going to die. We are tired of being, uh, of having fear stoked all around us, and we're not going to do it anymore. Does this mean there is no virus? Of course not. Does this mean the virus is not serious? Of course not. Does this mean, though, that we should all get on bended knee and worship at the, the feet of those fighting the virus? No. We need to tell those, quote-unquote, fighting the virus to fight it while we don't die from all of the various manifestations of poverty. Businesses closing leads to job losses over, what, 1.3 million Ohio job losses since this began, over 30 million American losses since this began, leading to anxiety, depression, despair, despondency, suicides, alcoholism, drug use, domestic violence. We know the story by now. Those lives matter too. We will not get on bended knee and say that the virus is the only thing we have to be concerned about. We have to be concerned about living and surviving and providing for our families. And we cannot do it if we are kept under lock and key by fear who are drunk on their own power. Just getting started this morning, Kirsten now joins me in an hour at about 10.10. You're going to want to hear from him. I'm very much looking forward to hearing from him. And I, of course, want to hear from you. 216 901 888 281 Join us on AM 1420 The Answer. Never before has that been so true. And and that's what people are doing. They're fighting for their right to party. Now, admittedly, party is a little farther down on the list of importance, certainly behind working, opening businesses, providing for family and paying bills, things that are being denied us right now because of the uh, uh, unconstitutional lockdowns. But yes, We have to fight for our right to party as well. In other words, to live our lives, to have fun, to enjoy one another again. And we do have to fight for our right to do that because it is being revoked from us. It is being taken away. You probably have seen this video of two Wisconsin police officers who came up to the home of a mother and... Well, quite frankly, began to try to intimidate her because her kid was going to go have a party, in other words, a play date, with another kid. And somebody didn't like that, so they called the cops. Now, I'm going to play this to make this point. And while I do it, I want to explain. I believe, and I've seen many, many examples online and in the news of police officer interactions with people that they have to break up due to, you know, different state orders that have been given around the country, right? And the vast, 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 vast majority of the officers want nothing to do with what they have to do. They're being told, they're being ordered by their chief or their uh, their bosses, um, you have to break this up. I know at least one case, I told you yesterday about this, uh, uh, in Berea police officers were called by an idiot who wanted to ruin an AA meeting for a group of people who were sitting outside in a public pavilion in Berea, six feet apart having a meeting, somebody called the cops on them and the cops had to. They did everything they could to not have to break them up. They even called back and said to the chief, hey, do we have to do this? And they were told, yes, you have to break them up. So cops don't want to do this for the, in the, for the most part, in the vast majority of cases. But in some cases, They get a little bit too, uh, a little bit too power hungry, I think, and a little bit too, um, full of themselves as they try to enforce this law, as is the case here in Wisconsin. You need to hear this, though. If you've already seen the video, you understand. Um, but I think audio works in this as well.
2: Hi, Amy. Hi. I'm Deputy Everhart with the Sheriff's Department. So, are you aware that we're in a stay at home order right now?
3: Uh, yeah, obviously. By the government? Yes, I am aware. Okay,
2: you're aware of that? I am aware. So I don't need to explain that to you.
3: No, you don't need to explain okay, that to I me. I can
2: if you need me to.
3: Go you can you can because your officer was just here 2 weeks ago. Okay, do you need me to explain And he it explained it to me that you guys weren't enforcing that order.
2: Oh, we're about to. Okay. So you understand it though? Okay, so why are you here? Cuz your daughter is going to play at other people's home and you're allowing it to happen.
3: They were over here as well. So okay. Are you I, here? They've
2: been, and they've been talked to Okay. About it. So,
3: no, so I, I understand. You, okay.
2: And so either you can acknowledge it or you can argue I'm,
3: a, I'm it. acknowledging
2: it. Okay. Stop having your kid go by other people's home.
3: Okay. I acknowledge it. Anything Good. else?
2: Nope. That was it. Apparently there was some other
3: I acknowledged it. I, I acknowledged okay. it. Good. Anything, Anything else? else?
4: Um, yeah. I need your um, last name. Amy, what's your last
3: name? I'm not... Do you... Is there a reason you're asking for I'm it? I'm
4: adding you to the screen so we can document that we had contact with you
3: is there a reason for it yep because you're that's violating what, that's state what I'm order which about. is a-
4: if you let me finish that's what i'm explaining to you because you're violating an order
3: i haven't gonna, violated an order
4: we're going to have documentation in our screen with your name because we're here talking to you about that that you said you just acknowledged okay so then there's
3: i would like to see the law that requires me to give you that information thank you because your, i haven't
4: what is your middle initial
3: i don't believe that i'm required to give that to you are Wait, we done middle, here no
4: we're not okay you're middle initial and your last name. i'm not
3: giving it to you i haven't done anything wrong
4: okay perfect got we got it yes. okay and that'll be documented too that you're uncooperative
1: okay uncooperative sweetheart you haven't seen anything if you until you try to pull that nonsense on me and i'm sorry There is no reason for, again, I think in that case, those officers were more than just politely requesting. They were ordering, demanding, and then saying, we're going to chart you. We're going to track you. Give us your last name. Oh, and now we're going to document your uncooperative. Document all you want. I don't believe that that's the right way to do this job, number one. And number two, because I think, like I said, I've seen countless examples of police officers who are doing the job much more tactfully than that, even though they don't want to be there. But that's number one. And number two, the idea that cops are coming to people's homes and saying, you let your child play with another child? You're in violation of a state order. What are you going to do? You're going to arrest this mother and then do what with her kid, by the way? Take the kid to somebody else's home where she might be in contact with other people. Gasp. What are you going to do? They're coming to your homes and telling you you'll be arrested, you'll be fined if you let your child see another child. This this is insanity. This is what we mean when we say fight for your right to party. Now let me move on. Let me move on to this gem. Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of the city of Chicago. She also is cracking down on these terrible, terrible things called get-togethers, called friends meeting with friends, because sometimes they might be called parties. How dare you try to have a party while there's a pandemic going on? Tucker Carlson covered this last night. I want you to listen to him briefly then lori lightfoot before we get to the the money line as the pandemic appears to recede at least for the moment their restrictions
2: are becoming tighter and that's when you know this isn't really about public health it's about making mediocre people more powerful and there may be no one in america more mediocre than the mayor of chicago lori lightfoot Lightfoot recently announced that anyone who meets privately with friends, or even talks about meeting privately with friends on social media, will be monitored and could be arrested.
4: Now, I've directed Superintendent Brown to order all police district to give special attention to these parties, and this is how it's going to be. We will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you, and we will take you to jail period the time for educating people into compliance is over don't be stupid don't come out don't advertise on social media we're watching
1: you we're watching you where was the last time you heard that phrase used especially so ominously if your answer was in orwell 1984 not the year but the book Maybe you even saw the movie. Big Brother is watching you. And if you do the wrong thing while we are watching you, we will take you away for re-education. Literally, she said, we will hunt you down. We are watching you and we will hunt you down because the time for educational enforcement is past. Now is the time for forceful response forceful enforcement. A little bit redundant, but I think you understand the point. The question is, are the leaders who are making these ridiculous, unconstitutional orders following their own rules? That's the money line I referenced. You'll have that after the news on AM 1420. The answer. music play brother this was supposed to supplement it. oh it is okay couldn't hear it there you go that's the michigan uh, protesters in the uh, capitol building there chanting tyranny tyranny prior to that yelling let us in let us in they want to be heard they're done they're done being uh having their rights trampled upon they're done allowing um the uh, governor of michigan gretchen whitmer uh, to unconstitutionally strip them of their earning power, of their rights to conduct business, of their rights to go to work, of their rights to feed their families, of their rights to have parties, and more. All right, so they are, uh, they're not going to take it anymore, and I think this is getting to be much more of a widespread view. I want to go back now, real quick, to the Chicago story that I shared with you a few moments ago. And, uh, this was featured on Tucker last night, which, uh, was, was terrific. Um, this, um, the mayor of, of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, essentially telling uh, people of Chicago, we are coming for you. We are coming for you. We will hunt you down if you are having a party, if you are getting together with other people in violation of this order. We will hunt you down and we will take you to jail. We are watching you, she said. So uh, this is the money line that I told you about that comes after it, after she dresses everybody down and says, we are watching you and we are not going to allow you to, um, uh, to do these things anymore. Uh, listen listen to, the, to the rest of the story. Come on, Tucker. Where'd you go?
4: Um, to order all police district to give special attention to these parties. And this is how it's going to be. We will shut you down. We will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you, and we will take you to jail. Period. The time for educating people into compliance is over.
1: Educating people into compliance. Just want you to chew on that phrasing for a moment here, and tell me if that does not sound like re-education camps. Does that not sound like re-education In perhaps room 101 and yes I'm still on Orwell but continue
4: don't be stupid don't come out don't advertise on social media we're watching you
2: do the people of Chicago take Lori Lightfoot seriously how did a a buffoon like that wind up in the mayor's office Lori Lightfoot believes she has the power to imprison you if you talk about your weekend plans on Facebook how did she get the power to do that? Well, that's still not clear. What is clear is that Lightfoot has no intention of following her own rules, living by her own restrictions. We know that because Lori Lightfoot recently broke her own quarantine in order to, and this is real, get her hair done. She got caught when her hairdresser blabbed about it on social media, but perhaps not surprisingly, she didn't seem ashamed in the slightest. Unlike you, she explained... Lori Lightfoot has to look good.
4: I'm the public face of this city.
2: I'm on national media, and I'm out
4: in the public eye. And, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. As I said, I felt like I needed to um, have a haircut. I'm not able to do that myself, and so I got a haircut.
1: <sighs> um, Not that this is the most important part of what you just heard, but I would suggest to her, sorry, honey, it didn't work. (laughs) It's no better. Uh, It's really not. But that's not what it's about. It's not about how she looks. It's about the fact that she said, I take my hygiene seriously and care about how I look. So I got a haircut. How many of you, especially female listeners, And I think it matters a lot more to you, at least I know from conversations with my own wife. How many of you take your hygiene seriously and take your hair seriously and feel like you like to look your best when you are out in public? You might not be the face of a city, but you're the face of yourself. And when you're in public with other people, don't you like to look good? I think most people do. But you're not allowed. In Lori Lightfoot's world, which is the liberal Democrat world, a haircut for me, but none for thee. I can lock down hair salons and nail salons and still go and treat myself to those things because, well, I'm the king. You, plebes, you just follow the orders we've given you or else we will, what was it, we will hunt you down and, uh, and take you to jail if you violate these standing orders? Of stay-at-home and, and not going into these types of places? Salons? I'm guessing that if, if she found out that plebes were going into hair salons and getting contraband trims, getting contraband uh, updos, or whatever it is that they do, I'm pretty sure she would probably move to revoke that salon's license. But not hers. Not her hairdresser's. Because she's the face of the city, and she takes her hygiene seriously, so she went and got a haircut. I I mean, this is like a king telling his subjects, you may not wear crowns in public. Only I may wear a crown, because I am your king. You may not visit hair salons, Chicago. Only I may, for I am your queen, and by the way, if I want to get together with friends and have a little social hour, I will too. But you, if you are having a party, a social hour, well, then you better be prepared because we are coming for you. District
4: to give special attention to these parties. And this is how it's going to be. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail.
1: I, uh, I'm getting very close to throwing a party. I'm not joking. I'm getting very close to throwing a party and inviting about 40 or 50 people, uh, maybe more, maybe 150 people. I- I'll invite as many people as I can. I'll-, I'll throw an open invitation out onto the radio if I have to. I'm thinking about having a party, and I 'm going to dare them to take us to jail. I'm going to dare this, dare them, rather. I'm going to dare Mike DeWine to order our incarceration in a place where they are allowing people who are real criminals to go free because of the fear of the spread of the virus, the Wuhan coronavirus, in those jails. I want to see if they're actually going to lock people up. I will tell you this. I am emboldened a little bit and encouraged a little bit by local leaders, some local leaders, who are pushing back against the tyranny. In particular, I'd like to talk about Ashland County Commissioners. Ashland County Commissioners Michael Welch, Denny Biddle, and Jim Justice wrote a letter yesterday to the governor of the state of Ohio, Governor Mike Nospine, and said this. Dear Governor DeWine, the Ashland County Commissioners are requesting that you empower our local health department and elected officials to have the right to make decisions best for our community. As of today, May 4, 2020 at 10 a.m., our county statistics are 10 confirmed cases in all of Ashland County, no hospitalizations and no deaths. You have educated the public on preventative measures needed to set off, or excuse me, to offset the risk of COVID-19. Our county statistics reflect that we as a community have implemented your recommendations and now it is time to empower the individual business owners to have the opportunity to reopen. They have been educated to know how to proceed, and we trust them to work with the Ashland County Health Department to make the right decision to keep their employees safe and the public safe. We are confident that remaining closed is a greater harm to the mental and financial health of our community. We took an oath as county commissioners to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the state of Ohio. It is our responsibility as elected officials to protect our citizens' rights. So, once again, that came from the Ashland County Board of Commissioners. And i got to tell you, I am so proud of them. And I want to encourage the commissioners of every county, and I want to encourage the mayors of every city and township or municipality to do the same thing and say, you know what, Governor? You are making the decisions that you feel like you have to because you're in charge of the state of Ohio. They can be independent of what the federal government says because you feel like you know what's best for your state. Well, let's continue to pass that down. Perhaps county officials know what's better for their counties within that state. Perhaps municipalities know better than the counties that know better than the state that knows better than the federal government what's going on in their communities. Let's practice what you preach, Mike DeWine. Amy Acton is not the smartest medical professional in Ohio. Just because you appointed the abortionist as your state health director doesn't make her any more credible than the uh, health uh, uh, professionals in Ashland County that work at and run the local health department in Ashland County, or I'll say in Lorain County where I live, or in Cuyahoga County, or in Medina County, or anywhere else for that matter. The fact that she wears a lab coat to press briefings, despite never wearing a lab coat in her actual profession, because she doesn't do research anymore in a lab, she doesn't see patients, her lab coat doesn't make her any more credible than the health professionals in each of these counties. Why don't you allow it up to, leave it up to them to make the decisions? Amy Acton was not elected queen. In fact, Amy Acton wasn't elected, period, end of sentence. DeWine's getting a little bit tired of the criticism of Amy Acton. He said during yesterday's press briefing that it's unfair to go after her. Go after me. I'm the office holder, and I'm the one who makes all the decisions. You make no decisions that she doesn't give you. You make no decisions that she doesn't make because her name is on the order. Her name is on the directive. And when asked to defend the directive, you can't. If you were making the decisions, Governor, you wouldn't have embarrassed yourself as badly as you did on Friday when you were asked a very simple question, a very simple question by a reporter who wanted to know if you have any direct evidence, direct evidence, that justifies keeping your emergency order in place. This is how we know you're not calling the shots here. Because you had no idea what to say. Amy Acton is making the orders and they're make, making you stand up there and defend them. Sir,
4: WMFD-TV, Mansfield, uh, my question is for you. Uh, the new order has a long list of rules um, and it seems that regardless of what it's called, the order can be mandated because we are in a state of an emergency. Governor, you're an attorney. Uh, my question is, what direct evidence do you have, not circumstantial, but direct evidence to justify continuing in a state of an emergency? And... What's the measurable criteria? Is it one death is too many? Is it 25% unemployment? Is it seniors who have lost complete physical contact with loved ones, many of them who will perish without ever seeing or touching family members again? Or is it the two week decline in hospitalizations that you talked about on national TV just a couple days ago? So what direct evidence can you point viewers to that justifies staying in the state of emergency? Thank you.
5: Well, Jack, I'm sure you're a lot better lawyer than than I am. Um, We have, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, That's not direct evidence. um, Dr. Ackman talked about over 1,000 people dead. That's not not direct evidence. Uh, We've talked about the number
1: of people uh, who have been hospitalized. You say that over and over again. It's not direct evidence as to why we should stay in the state of emergency right now. Uh, So this is this is
5: certainly a crisis, um, but we know that there are people hurting out there, not just because of the pandemic, but they're hurting because of poverty. They're hurting because they're unemployed. And that's why we're pushing to get us back open just as fast as we can.
1: That's just not even answering the question. I have no answer to your question, Jack. I have no answer to your question. I have no direct evidence to justify staying in a state of emergency and keeping this lockdown in place. We crushed the curve. We, you keep telling you know, uh, um, uh, everybody, Mike DeWine keeps telling everybody, Ohio, you did your job. We've done such a great job. you socially distanced, and you've stayed safe. And now we've crushed the curve. Our hospitals are empty. Our, our our healthcare workers are all being laid off and furloughed. There is no direct evidence whatsoever to stay in this state of emergency, and Mike DeWine knows it. And that's why he has no answer for this question, because he has no idea at all what to say. Amy Acton is handing him the playbook, and he doesn't know how to read it.
5: Uh, And we're going to continue to do that. We have to balance public safety, but at the same time, we know that uh, we want to open things up. And if you look at the order itself, not just the title, but if you look at what's in there, um, the spirit of this is really... Uh, trying to make sure that people have confidence when they go out that the business they walk into is practicing the best things that they can practice. People have a right to know that during a pandemic, a very difficult and unusual uh, period of, of our time. We th-
1: you want us to look inside the order?
5: Okay, we'll look inside the order. Here's what I see inside the order.
1: 90 days in jail and a $750 fine if you violate Dr. Amy Acton's order. So if you're claiming you're in charge and not Dr. Amy Acton, then defend that order with direct evidence like you were asked by Jack Windsor. And if you can't defend that order, then you must rescind that order. And if she refuses as Director of Health to rescind that order, replace her with somebody who then will rescind that order. And more importantly, allow the health directors and departments of health in counties all over, all 88 counties in the state of Ohio, allow them to make up their own minds. 952, back after this. 956, well that's good because you're not getting one when you're forced to learn by laptop. Uh, Jan is in Greater uh, Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan, go ahead. Oh,
3: hi. You know, I don't think uh, Amy Acton is, she's no less vicious than uh, that Mayor Lightfoot. Uh, and, you know, I would feel a lot better if these these are anti-Trumpers, these are Obama supporters. And I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, communism running through the Democratic Party. And I think they are as enthused as Bill Maher about thinking, hey, it's worth trashing the economy if that means defeating donald trump i'm sorry i heard him say that and it's always well, you, you want to know what's really interesting
1: about that jan it's, it's and i agree and i and i you know rant, ranted and railed about that uh, when he said that uh, but what's really interesting is that and i'm going to play it later in the show thanks for the call jan bill maher has I don't want to say he's done a 180 on that. He's still an anti-Trumper and never trumper and he still wants the economy to crash if that's what it means. But he had about a four and a half minute monologue about why this is insane. What we are being ordered to do right now. That is, I think, the best that I've heard. And I've heard a lot of conservatives making the point about why we should, you know, we deserve our constitutional rights back, et cetera, et cetera. But it's liberal Bill Maher who made one of the best arguments against this nonsense that we are all practicing right now. And that is in recognition that there is a disease, a virus that is going around. And it is putting some people in the hospital. It is killing a very small percentage of people who get it. Uh, but, it, you know, and it is affecting, it's not affecting at all. The vast majority of people who get it and don't even know they ever had it because they they're not symptomatic. But he put together one of the very best explanations. Bill Maher did. And I'm going to share that with you before the end of the show today. Uh, let's go to TJ in Cleveland. Go ahead, TJ.
0: You know, Bob, this was scary with them two policemen coming to that women's door without a warrant yeah. and ordering stuff. Uh, you know, you remember a while ago we were talking about the liberal gun control. Sure. If a neighbor complained, you know, that you might be a threat. Yeah, that's the same ones. kind of stuff they would have done then. Show up yeah. at your door, you know, intimidate you. You know, I am so sick of this already. You know, I have a dog that needs to see a vet. The vet will not see the dog with you. You got to leave them in the parking lot, and they'll come out and get the dog and take it in. Now, what kind of nonsense is that? First of all, my dog is over a hundred pound shepherd. She ain't going in that building without me. (laughs) I mean, you can't even get medical treatment for your pet, but you can get an abortion. I mean, no, you're right. Right,
1: I don't have a hundred pound dog, TJ. But thanks for the call. But we have cats in this house, and we've had to take uh, uh, at least the newest cat that we have in. Three times now for boosters and to get spayed, uh, in the last uh, month. And each time, yep, you go up to the door, you call them and tell them I'm here. They come out and now, fortunately, cats a lot smaller. They take it in with the carrier there. But but it's just so insane. You're right. You know this. It's too dangerous to take your pet in to get its shots. But you can go in there and and kill your baby, and uh, that's considered to be risk free, at least from corona. That's uh, that's the nonsense that we're dealing with. Thank you, TJ. Senseless. Uh, Dan in Middleburg Heights. Hi, Dan. Go ahead.
5: Good morning. Just as a follow-up to your last two calls and your whole topic here, okay. I believe, uh, and I believe you need to take a look at and take a step back, uh, uh, there seems to be a pattern across the United States, Bob, mm-hmm. uh, You know, with all these same talking points, and I believe this is coordinated nationally, but a guy like DeWine and Amy Acton, see, DeWine didn't get up in the morning and say, i got to call Amy Acton to shut down the state and to cancel elections. There's some direct or indirect donors or corporate people party people deep state controlling people like DeWine to make them do this because I told you yesterday uh, I mentioned that nobody does this rationally someone is directing these people to do this to get control and that's my main point we well, need to look D- at Dan
1: I appreciate the call and I'll tell you this um, uh, wh- whoever it was that may have suggested or directed him to do anything I don't know but I will tell you this he doesn't need direction anymore he is loving this He's loving this. Mike DeWine still thinks he's popular. He looks at a survey that says he's 75, 85% approval of his, of his handling of this. And he thinks he's sailing to reelection in 2022 because he's the guiding light and saving lives and wearing his cape and his mask. And we are saving everybody. He's loving his national attention. He's in Time magazine. He's on national TV shows. He is loving the attention. So he doesn't need to be dragged by the, you know, somebody pulling puppet strings on him. Mike DeWine loves this right now. And the only thing that's going to change his mind is if we prove to him that the polls are wrong, like they always were with Hillary Clinton, and that we are going to run him out of office sooner than 2022, if at all humanly possible, because we will not be ruled like this. 10 o'clock, News Time, Kirstenow joins us on the flip side.